when I said I would cuss less, I lied. Be advised. Hey y'all, I'm Jen. I'm from Oakland and I'm a queer black feminist scholar. This is Darren, hailing from the mean streets of Anaheim. I'm an introvert, a novelist, and a nerd. We're early 30-somethings with three kids and over a decade of marriage. This is a podcast about the realities of blackness and adult life. We do adult differently. This is That Black Couple. It made my heart go bada, a gooda, a gooda, a jiggle dada, a chuda, a chuda, a boom bada, a gooda, a gooda, a boom bada. It just won't stop a boom bada, a gooda, a gooda, a boom bada, a chuda, a chuda, a boom bada, a gooda, chuda, a boom bada. It just won't stop cause I like cheese. That was us singing that song. I want them to know that that was us. Yeah, it was an original recording. That was an original recording. That's the remix. LMA, you all may think that she's singing about a relationship with a human person. But we know that she's actually singing about her love of Gouda. Cheese. Mm-hmm. She's booed up with Gouda that she chewed up. And I'm about it. I'm about it as well. I don't really know LMA's music. But I do appreciate any song that is about... Cheese. I'm personally booed up with Wisconsin cheddar cheese, the smoked kind. Yeah, it's it's a very like highbrow, yeah, you know, refined taste cheese. It is, and it's really good in macaroni, and it, it gives like a smoky flavor. Mm-hmm. It's depth. Flavor. I'm also booed up a burumbada with Wisconsin cheddar. It doesn't, it doesn't rhyme the same way. No, no, it don't have the same ring to it. Doesn't it. have the same ring to it. But... It doesn't do the same no. thing. As a cheddar, a cheddar, a cheddar, a cheddar, a a better, a better. Oh, that. Okay. Wait. Okay. Okay. Wait. Wait. Hold up. Part two. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. (laughs) Okay. So we're back. This is episode 20 and we have zero behavior. It's been like 700 months and. Not 700. Okay. 42. It's closer, but still not 42. Three. Okay, it's been three months. I've been on the job market. This is episode 20. We're talking about black sleep because black sleep matters. This is season two of That Black Couple. So in honor of LMA singing about Gouda cheese and chewing it up, we would like you to grab your charcuterie platter. Mm -hmm. On my charcuterie platter, I like to have um, green olives. And salamis. And salamis. And um, sometimes artichokes. Artichokes are good. And some, sometimes some prosciutto. Prosciutto, even mm-hmm. though I can't tell the difference between prosciutto and salami. But yes, that as well. Um, and and in honor of LMA, Gouda, a Gouda. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then you should also grab you a glass of Pinot Grigio. Now, I don't drink wine, so I'm assuming Grigio is the light one. It's one of them wearing whites. The lighter one. But you, that's the thing. You got to pair. You, you got to pair, pair your it. wine with your cheese. You got you to gotta coordinate. Coordinate. Cor- coordinate your wine with your cheese. So in honor of LMA and in honor of us being back on episode 20 about black sleep, get your charcuterie platter. 
get your Pinot Grigio, and have a seat. This is That Black Couple. I'm Jen. I'm Darren. And before we get started, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at That BLK Couple, on Facebook at That Black Couple, and look us up on the internets at www.thatblackcouple.com. You can stream all of our episodes on Google Play, Apple iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. So make sure you rate us high. Make sure you give us some positive comments because we read those every single one. You read those every single one. I do. I don't. And right now we have all good ones. We do. So I want to keep that that moving. Keep it going. Even though we're trash and we've been going for 400 years. But it's because we realized we had to go to sleep. Well, we're going to talk about that today. Yeah. Okay. So let go. Let's go. All right. So in the first segment, then first things first, we're going to talk about sleep. So unfortunately, this is a bit of a hypocritical episode <clears throat> because um, we don't sleep as much as we should. Nope. Um, but we're learning that we should sleep more. So that's what the episode is about today. Now, we are talking about this because people like to ask us, oh, y'all got three kids. If you saw me right now, I would be like rolling my neck around. Y'all got three kids and Darren works all these hours every week. And y'all got this household and Jen getting this PhD. How do y'all do it? And then we trifling and we say, oh, we don't sleep. And then we go, ha, ha. Oh, 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 oh. You know that chuckle, chuckle, bougie that laugh. Deep, yeah. oh, 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 oh. You know, ah. it's not funny. It's no. not funny. It's not funny. It's a joke, but it ain't no joke. We well, actually don't sleep. Pe- people like to say, "Oh, I don't sleep." I like, but they actually do sleep. They like to say, "Like, oh, I just, yeah. you know, I just work so hard." No, th- no, we really we mean it. Don't sleep. We actually don't sleep. Like anybody who comes over our house, and we're like, "Come over our house and watch a movie." And over time, they're like, "Bitch, I'm not coming over your house because you're gonna fall asleep at eight o'clock on the couch, and that's not fun." Mm-hmm. And that's sad because we are 34 years old. But then what happens is, is we fall asleep on the couch, and then we wake up at like one or two a.m. or three. Or three. And then we go, go do, do some stuff. More stuff. <laughs> we go do stuff. We're like, oh, them dishes need washing. Them clothes need laundering. Oh, wait, is that a bill that needs to be paid? Pay that bill, girl. And then that's people like, oh, my gosh, y'all so productive. I'm like, yep, 3 a.m. when the world is asleep. Mm-hmm. That's when our asses be <laughs> awake. So here's the thing. Like, the problem with this is, like, we have entire lost years, right? So, like... I always think back to the year after our first child, who is now 10, was born in 2008. We call this the lost year. It's the lost year because we don't remember shit. Like, I actually don't remember anything from that year. I also don't remember shit from that year. Now, mainly, it's because neither one of us slept. And thankfully, he survived it. He's here now, which is great. He's here. He's doing well. He's well. Thriving. He's he's thriving. He's healthy and happy. So we did whatever we did in that year. We did a good job. We did a good job. There's just no records. I just don't know what the fuck it was. (laughs) I'd like to know. I'm sure there's some records somebody else done kept. We don't have it. Check some medical records. Something. something. But we didn't sleep. We did not sleep. It was a new phase of our life. We weren't even prepared for the type of not sleepingness that we were going to get. And I feel like ever since then, we have had issues with regulating our sleep. We haven't gotten our sleep back together ever since our first child was born a decade ago. And that's a good point because I think people never realize what happens when you have a child and how much it truly transforms the entirety of your life. Yeah. And we had a child very young on purpose. Yeah. And we said, we're going to have this kid. We go, you know, do everything. We're going to work. We're going to, we can handle it. We're young. And 
Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's a lot. It's a lot. And when your child, you know, doesn't want to sleep at night. Yeah. And just wants to stay up and watch music videos with you. We watched some really beautiful music videos. Well, and see, and that's the thing. It's a lost year, but that's what you do remember. I remember Sarah Boreas videos. Mm-hmm. I remember when Timbaland was doing those collaborations with white people. Mm-hmm. He made some hot, some hot collaborations. Mm-hmm. I did not want to be watching them every single night on VH1. But, you know, he enjoyed them. My baby enjoyed them. You know, I'll never forget any of the words to no. those songs. That you will remember. They come on the radio and I, it's, it's it's scary. Like I flip into like I'm in a bed. I'm looking at this baby. I'm nursing the baby. And I'm like, go to sleep. Go to go to sleep. And he's like laughing. I'm like, no, I'm not playing. Go to sleep. There were times I would physically like use my little fingers and close his eyelids. <laughs> and like hold him there for a second. Which he he turned into a game. He thought it was a he thought it was a game. Of course he did. So he pop him up real quick, laugh. <laughs> I'm like, no, nigga, that wasn't a joke. I, I was trying to trick your eyelids into realizing they should be closed. It's a muscle memory thing. And he was like, ah, like he he thought it was funny. So that's anyway. that. I mean, that's what that's what happens. And like you said, since then, yes, sleep has been a little bit difficult. Yeah, a little bit. Some somewhat. I mean, and, and I mean to the point like we talked about earlier too. Like I always thought, oh, you know, we're trying to get all these things done. So if I just, you know, cut into my sleep, you know, it'll be fine. And, you know, maybe I'll just catch up on my sleep on the weekend or, you know, I'll just sleep in a little bit, you know, in a couple of days or something. But that's not, that's not how sleep works. No, it's not. Like once it's gone, it doesn't come back. It don't come back. There's there's no recouping those hours. It's like love handles. Like once you got them, they're there. Mm. And how easy they came on, it's much more difficult to get them to go away. (laughs) Exactly. Me and my love handles are deeply in love now because me, we're just friends now. But yeah, that's how sleep is. I yeah. mean, I feel like I feel like we've both tried to do this thing. We're like, we'll just get our sleep on the weekend. That's bullshit. Then how are you gonna make it through Monday through Friday? Exactly. Like you're gonna literally pass the fuck out. Monday how, through Friday. how many hours are you gonna sleep on the weekend to catch up on the hours? Okay, how you do you do that? How do you do that? What's you're the math? Sleep all day. What's the math? What's the math? <laughs> it's like is it like an equation where you can get like a third of the sleep that you lost, and that somehow recoups? Like, how does that? It's bullshit is what it is. It's not how it works. It's not how it works. So that's why today we're talking about sleep and specifically like thinking about the racial differences across groups when it comes to sleep. Now, I didn't know that there were so many differences like in terms of gender and race and class about how we get sleep and then what the impacts are on our bodies and how we're able to navigate the world. Now, I'm not surprised. I'm mm-hmm. not surprised because I saw my mother doing this growing up. I'm sure you saw your mother doing something similar growing up. Mm-hmm. But I'm used to seeing, you know, black folks having to wake up at the ass crack of dawn to get to a job that's nowhere near their house to get kids on a bus that they got to take who knows how far from their house to get to school, you know, because schools are closing at neighborhoods and then having to do it all over again the very next day. So I know that this is a thing, right? But that's typically anecdotal. But today we're going to talk about the actual facts and kind of what it actually means in your day-to-day life and what the impacts are on your body, which is really scary. Thank you for listening. We are the proud founders of watercoolerconvos.com, a platform at the intersections of blackness, culture, and adulting. We started that black couple to dive deeper into the issues facing young black millennial folks navigating the anti-black, anti-queer, white supremacist world today. This podcast is supported by donations and patronage of our listeners and readers of our blog. You should head over there and check out some of the content when you get a chance.
If you would like to become a monthly subscriber or patron and help fund our content, sign up at www.patreon.com forward slash watercoolerconvos. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Please consider giving $5 or $10 per month to help us build our platform and grow our organization. We really want to hire new writers and social media people, y'all, but we can't do that without your help. You can also give a one-time donation at www.paypal.me forward slash watercoolerconvos. All donations are welcome. You can stream the show on Google Play, Apple iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. When you listen, please consider hitting that heart button, sharing an episode, giving us a five-star rating, and leaving some dope-ass comments. This helps us with our page views and also gives us more listeners for the show. Thank you so much. Let's get back to the show. Okay. All right. We are black. We're black. We're black. We are black. It was it was at the forefront of my mind. We are black. That we black. And we're also back. And we're back. We're back and we're black. For part two. For part two. The conversation. Yes. <laughs> Whew. People don't understand this podcast and thing. You just catch yourself doing some silly stuff. You catch yourself doing okay. some silly this stuff. Did, this didn't need to be a read. I don't catch myself doing silly stuff. You catch yourself. Let's clarify. Don't cut your eyes at me. That's, don't don't that, cut your eyes at me. That's why editing exists. Yeah, that is why editing exists. But then you're going to keep this. That's the part that I don't get. I like it, though. <laughs> Shut up. Can you just <laughs> Okay. We are ready for the conversation. Mm-hmm. Now, you know. As we all know, I like my facts. I like to do my research. You do like facts, big facts. And obviously, we came we came into the idea for this this podcast because we want to talk about how we don't sleep and how it's a problem. Yes. And then I thought, oh, let me do some research. And I was actually really stunned because <laughs> I did not realize how bad this was. It's really bad. Like on an aggregate level, when you think about racial minorities yeah. and how sleep affects us, like you were saying, it makes sense to a certain degree Like yeah. when you really, really think about it. But I think a lot of times people think about sleep and they think, oh, you know, I just be working hard or, you know, I don't sleep well or, you know, I toss and turn and stuff at night. But there's some real serious effects that people are are having from sleep on an aggregate level. Yeah. So I pulled I pulled a couple a couple data points here. Yeah. That I just want to share with everyone. Yeah. Um. So Tiffany, a psychology professor at Fordham University, um, she studied the sleep gap between white and non-white students, beginning with children as as young as two years old. Wow. So when we talk about a sleep gap yeah. and, and how sleep actually disproportionately affects people, it starts at two years old. Yeah. And so when she when she looked at this, she realized that there was a 15 minute a day sleep deficit. And that 15 minute a day sleep deficit actually grows to more than an hour in adulthood. That's terrible. So when you think when you think about, oh, you know, I only got three, four hours of sleep last night. Think back to when you were a child and realize that the lack of sleep you're getting now probably started then yeah and as you think about that sleep gap on the aggregate as it grows and adds and adds like how many just sheer hours of sleep you have lost out on compared to somebody else right and when you talk about this my first thought is like all my nieces and nephews and like their sleep patterns and all the kids that i've been around all growing up and like how they sleep or don't sleep and part of it is because their parents are working or their parents don't have consistent living you know situations or just like they don't have a consistent household or a routine that allows them to have a set time of sleep mm-hmm. every single day and it's making me sad just thinking about the numbers of children i've been around all growing up who have been affected by this difference yeah, yeah. And, and then also think about you know as as adults sometimes we don't sleep well because of 
you know, stress or pressure, pressures that we face during our lives. And, and think about that as a child, you still had similar stresses and pressures yeah. that as, as minorities are higher than those that are non-minority. Right, right, right. right. Um, another, another thing I looked up was um, the National Sleep Foundation did a study. Um, and it, they found that racial minorities have a higher risk for sleep disorders like insomnia and a higher likelihood of sleep apnea, poor sleep quality, and daytime sleepiness. Wow. Um, what makes this even worse, though, is that black people spend only about uh, 15% of their night in slow wave sleep compared to 20% for whites. And so w- when you think about sleep, you have to remember that there are a bunch of different phases that you go through during your sleep cycle. Um, and that slow wave sleep is called the restorative phase. Mm. So when you think about the, you think about that way, we're also having poor quality sleep for the sleep that we are getting. Yeah. Less of the time we spend sleeping is actually restoring us and preparing us for the coming day. This reminds me of that weathering hypothesis that talks about how black people are basically subjected to certain forms of stress and anxiety and racial discrimination over the course of their lives. And it has these kind of intangible effects on their lives that you can't measure like you can't see them happening but then you see something like this that's clearly there's a difference happening you can't figure out what it's attributable to but it's like this is weathering right this is the process of your body kind of being slowly broken down by the weight of the world because of the mere fact of existing while black the stress of having to work in a place where people are talking about you because of your race or who undermine you or think you don't belong there or going to a school where you're the only person of color or one of the few people of color and they think that you're not intelligent enough to be there or that you had affirmative action help you get there or you're going out every single day worried about a police officer mistaking you for whatever that you're just literally walking down the street in probably a neighborhood where you actually live. Like the process of dealing with that anxiety and stress and tension every single day and what it does to your body, that's what that difference to me looks like, you know? Yeah, it's it's like a it's like a silent tax, you know, it's like a silent killer. Wow. And if if you really think about it, like like we talked about it from childhood, from from two years old. Yeah. That's you know, people are feeling these effects. Yeah. And so when you think about Oh, all of the health issues that, pe- that that minorities tend to face. Yeah. And how sleep, especially restorative sleep, is about your own health and yeah. keeping your body strong and being able to fight certain things. You start to realize, okay, it makes sense that, that a lot of minorities have sp- particular health disparity issues. Right. right. And so, and when you think about it, and actually this is the other thing I looked up, many of the health issues that affect racial minorities at higher rates like obesity, high blood pressure, diabetes heart disease and stroke can be linked with poor sleep or undiagnosed sleep apnea. Yeah. And that's, that's one other thing that I didn't really touch on too much here as well is that, you know, um, black people tend to have a lot of sleep apnea Yeah, that actually goes undiagnosed as well. Yeah. And, I, and that's, that's one of the things that actually really is kind of disturbing to me um, is because that's one of those things that has an adverse impact on your body. Yeah. And what, just like we've seen in other health issues where things just go undiagnosed. And so you compound all of these things that are going on inside one person's body. And some of it is caused by external factors, like literally just walking around and having to, to feel threatened at every moment of the day. Yeah. And then you're not getting enough sleep. So you're not then better prepared to, to go back out into the challenges of the world the next day. Right. And all of this, like I said, it just compounds over the years and over the years and over the years. And like you said, it's, it's like a weathering mm-hmm. that occurs. It's funny because, well, it's not funny, but I was thinking about it as you were talking, I was thinking about how people like to put up those bullshit memes where it's like, look at these two kids. Here's a black kid and a white kid and they know nothing about race and everything is equal. And, you know, it's all of us adults who, pro, you know, pro project all this racial stuff on the children. But then thinking about this data, it's like, no, at two years old, 
this is a child who's already having a difference with that little white kid in terms of what their access mm-hmm. is to just getting sleep. And they already have a predisposition towards certain diseases just because of the racial makeup and the long history of racial discrimination in the United States. So even those those memes, which we already know are bullshit, we already know that they're just like propaganda. But beyond that, like there are actual measurable differences even in childhood in the way. And I talked about this in another episode when I talked about the pregnancy episode, like thinking about the fact that when you're in utero, the type of stress that's handed down from the mother to the fetus during, you know, gestation period, like that's also a a measurable difference. Yeah. That stuff doesn't stop just because you're pregnant. It doesn't stop. It doesn't. Yeah. what, What the mother is able to eat or do how she's able to work, whether or not she's has a proclivity toward um, uh, lower birth rates or uh, or pregnancy complications. We know that black women, women of color have a harder time with pregnancy and delivery in the United States than any other group. You know, like there are clear differences in what's happening to our bodies because of our differences in racial background. And that is terrifying because people always say, oh, just go to bed. Like, just go to sleep. Just get rest. Just lay down. If you just stop doing what you're doing and you just get some rest. But it's like, well, it sounds like even when black folk lay down and try and get some rest, we still don't sleep the same. Mm-hmm. We still don't get the same type of rest. Like sleep and rest are different. We can go to sleep and still not get rest. And that is terrifying. Well, and, and this, this I think, takes it back to a personal level, right? So we always, like we said, we're up late. We're working all the time. We're trying to get all these things done and we get less sleep. It's like... So why would anyone even assume that you would get be- the same quality of sleep? Right. Right. If you're if you're in a high stress situation all day and then the only reason you really go to sleep because your body just gives up and said, I can't. No I'm more. done now. I'm your eyes down. are closing. Right. Whether you want them to or not. Like you're not going to get good quality sleep. No, you're not. Like you're not going to get restorative sleep. You're not going to no. wake up re- refreshed like like the commercials. The commercials. Yeah. You're, like, you're not going to be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Ready to face. No, there's no, no. way in the world that's going to happen. No. No. And I mean, I think the other thing is like, I keep thinking about how lack of sleep is used by like the government against, you know, people that we deem are foreign terrorists and that's in quotes. Right. So like, you know, the lack of sleep is used as a a, a sleep deprivation used as a torture tactic, you know? So like along with waterboarding, they also use sleep deprivation because it causes the brain to start to kind of eat itself and it causes the body to start to break down. So it's harder to withstand questioning. It's harder to withstand simple like decision choice trees when you have gotten a le- less sleep, right? So just think about the fact that people are doing that and then having to go off to work and then having to go and like work in an environment where people are discriminating against them or harming them or where they're at risk of losing their job if they speak up or do something about it. And I mean, it's really, really disturbing thinking about sleep as linked to like increases in type two diabetes. You know, I was reading about how uh, the body releases a certain amount of insulin when you eat, yeah. but when you have a lack of sleep, it releases more insulin, which is increasing, which is why it increases type two diabetes. But also, like it affects weight gain and weight control, bodily health, including mental health. So that whole restorative period is. You know, actually what it is, it's a restorative period. It's when your body shuts down, it goes into that sleep state, like you put your computer in a sleep state or a shutdown period. So it can like get itself together and then come back the next day stronger and better. And like that's why people, you know, when you're sick, they say, go get rest. Like, go home and go to sleep. Just go lay down. Go lay down. But I can't count the number of times I've heard, you know, a black mom or a black dad, someone I say black, I say moms and dads in particular, because I think our our foremothers and our forefathers have been, our forepersons have been the ones who have taught us about how the world expects us to perform labor. And it's been our forepersons, our foremothers and our forefathers, who in my experience have taught us, like, even when you're tired, you still have to go to work. 
because we don't get to kind of take off of work just because we're tired. Because if we take off of work, we may not have a job when we go back. Right. Right. So like the idea that we have to, even when we're sick, we could be broken down sick. People walking around with tumors and cancer and all these undiagnosed health issues, but out of fear of what the time might be to have to go to a doctor and get that stuff diagnosed and spend the money and the time and the effort to invest in their own health, they don't do it. Because they're more concerned about what the impact would be to being able to put food on the table and a mm-hmm. roof over everyone's head. I mean, we, we've had that exact same conversation numerous yes, times. Yes, we have. I don't know how many times you've come to me and said, Darren, take a day off. Yes. Just take a day off and sit at home. Mm-hmm. Just put your feet up, watch TV, watch a movie, read a book. Just take a day off. You're tired. Yeah. You're overworked and you're tired. You're stressed out. And what'd your ass do? I'm like, well, I don't know. And what'd your ass do? Go to work. I got a meeting (laughs) and then, you know, I don't want it to look like I'm not really trying to be here. Like I'm just lazy. Right. You know, and and when you think about that at its core, right, I'm tired. I'm stressed out. I need a break. Right. And I need that break so I can then perform better at work. Right, right, right. But at the same time, I'm thinking, well, if I take that break, then the work might say, oh, well, Maybe you're not good enough. Maybe you're exactly. not strong enough. Maybe you can't withstand, you know, the rigor of whatever this is. Exactly. So then there's a the pressure of, well, maybe I'll just push through, right? Right. Which is, which is just a cycle that's only going to beat you up even more. Exactly. This is going to beat you further down into the ground, make you a less productive worker, make right. you a less likable person to be around at home. Yep. I mean, there's there's just so many adverse effects of just not taking a break. It's anti-black as fuck. Yeah. It's anti-black as fuck. Any, any system in, that that does not fully account for the ways that race regulates our bodies and regulates our ability to access the public sphere is anti-black, right? The idea that we all are just on some equal playing field and that, you know, we can just go home and lay down. And when we get home, everything is fine. And we all walk through the world with the same burdens and the same issues and the same access and the same resources. And then you come into work and you just leave yourself at the door. And that means the same thing for everybody. And then like, it's just such bullshit. And it irritates me because it'll be really smart people who know better who will be saying things like that or mm-hmm. who purport to think that, you know, that's how the world should be. It's the colorblind post-racialness of whatever this societal iteration is that believes that if we simply just wish all this stuff away, if we just mythologically believe that race no longer affects us, then somehow that's just what it will be. I will never forget reading when Condoleezza Rice was asked, what can we do about race? And she said, just don't think about it. Just forget, you know, just forget. How do you forget something that regulates even our ability to sleep? How do you forget that race regulates down to our actual bone marrow, whether or not we are producing things like insulin and oxytocin and whether or not we have enough serotonin in our brains? It's That's when we're unconscious. Right. We're unconscious and race is still affecting us. Right. How do you forget when a fetus is in a gestational period and is being handed down the vestiges of slavery through the umbilical cord? How do you forget that? How does that, how does that, even if you can forget it, how does that actually What does forgetting even look like? Yeah. But what does, what what does forgetting actually even look like? And also if we forget, the effects don't go away. Oh, I forgot. But here I am still not getting no sleep. Still walking through a world that is racialized down to the very core, where every institution is predicated on my annihilation. So I don't forgot, but I'm still a victim of it. How does that make sense? It doesn't. 
Like what you hear? You can find my mom and dad, aka That Black Couple, on the web at thatblackcouple.com. You can find them on Facebook at That Black Couple, and you can find them on Instagram and Twitter at That BLK Couple. If you have questions or comments about the show, email them at thatblkcouple at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. All right, and we're back. We're back. And we're back. We're black too. Yeah, we're still black. We're still black, and we're here for the reflection. And I really am excited about this episode because I don't sleep like I'm supposed to, and this episode makes me feel really bad, and it is making me feel like I am convicted now to go and get rest. I hope it happens for everyone that's listening to. I hope you listen to this and go guilty. Damn, I need to go to sleep. Let me go take a nap. Especially black people, Mm -hmm. especially black queer folk, black folk who are queer, poor, disabled. We have to get sleep, and I feel like um, you know I've been on the job market, which has just fucked up my entire life schedule or any form of normalcy whatsoever. I'm traveling. I'm on planes all the time. And most of my sleep has actually been on planes with a little neck pillow donut situation. Glad we bought that. I'm glad we bought it too. It's really changed my life. And, you know, when I go out on these talks or whatever, I'm out, I'm in these meetings. They go from, you know, 7, 8 a.m. in the morning till 9 p.m. at night, 12 straight hours or more. And then I get back to the hotel room and I literally clunk out in my clothes and wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning like, damn, I'm fully dressed with a whole face of makeup. And like... That is just so bad for your body. It's just so bad. And what I'm realizing is that I, I need to, as a person who already is not good about going to sleep, because I, I'm a person who doesn't actually need that much sleep. Even when I was a child, I would sleep like seven hours, six hours and like be up and ready, go get them. And I think it's just because I'm a person with high anxiety and like really active person, because when I try to sleep for eight hours, I don't feel very well. So seven hours is good for me. Like that's my number. And what I'm realizing now is like, I have to fight for that. Like I have to do whatever I have to do. If I have to take a melatonin, if I need to, you know, tell people, no, I'm not kicking it. I'm not turning up tonight. Or if I, when I go out, maybe I don't drink or I don't stay out as late or, you know, just thinking about ways where I can say, absolutely not. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to wind down. I'm going to take my makeup off, my eyelashes off. I'm going to put my pajamas on and like actually start the routine of getting ready for bed. That's something that I, I think I've done a good job of incorporating into my life since grad school started is like getting a routine of preparing for bed. Like I put my pajamas on, I wash my face, I put my scarf on, I take my lashes off. I do whatever I have to do to, to trigger to my body. Like, bitch, we going to sleep. Yeah, this is this is bedtime. This is bedtime. Because I know like if I leave my lashes on, I'm not sleeping. I'm not going to, if my lashes are on, if my makeup is on, it's, it, I'm not, and I'm not voluntarily going to sleep. But if I wash my face, it's like I give myself permission. And so I'm trying to get better about giving myself kind of permission to rest, which has been incredibly hard. Like, I feel like we're just, we live in a society, in a world that does not reward you for rest. They don't reward you for sleeping or for taking care of yourself, unless it's through like the materialistic sense of, you know, the fetishization of your body, the commodification of your body. Then it's like, oh, you look good. So how'd you get that? Cool. Is it rest? Cool. Then that's fine. But if it's like, no, I just need sleep because 
I want to be a healthy person on the inside. It's like, well, I can't fuck the inside. So, you know, I'm not really worried about that. You know, right. like it's, it's like it's very much about this I kind of transactional process of does it get you, is it, is it part of this capitalistic endeavor of getting more money or getting more acclaim or getting more prestige and status? And if it's not, then it's not useful. And unfortunately, rest and sleep are often seen as taking away from prestige and status. It's not something where you, you have to go out to these events. You have to hobnob. You have to be high energy at everything. You have to rub elbows. You have to be all in all places at all times. You have to be everyone to everybody. And that does not that does not have to do anything with getting sleep and rest and taking no. care of your body. Well, well, it should. It should. But it doesn't. It doesn't. Well, and, and see, and I, I was really excited about this segment because I want to talk about one of my favorite people, mm-hmm. the one and only Angela Bassett. My sorrow. And, you know, we, we talked about her before and how wonderful and amazing she is and how she just is always killing it. And she's just amazing. And she, she seems to be drinking some type of miracle water from the fountain yes. of youth. Yes. And she's somehow reversing an age because yes. she's so amazing. Yes. And one of the articles that came up when I was doing my research for this segment was how Angela Bassett said, you know, it's like, what are the beauty secrets of Angela Bassett? I think it was in like Essence or something. And she was yeah. like, what are her beauty secrets? And she said, well, I drink a lot of water and I go to sleep. Girl, if you don't get the entire. And I feel, it's funny, though, because I feel like that. I feel like the stuff that she does, like it's little to no coverage. Like people don't really talk about it. People want to talk about, oh, there's a beauty secret in a jar or you rub this on your face. And if you pull this back and if you put poke this in your neck and then like all these like really weird things. And Angela Bassett's like, I just, just take your ass to sleep. Listen, I love Angela Bassett and I want to intervene real quick because this reminds me of a few years ago when people asked Holly Berry how she stayed in shape. And she said, I just like to do stretches. Bitch, you doing more than stretches. Like, I love Angela Bassett. Like, Tiana Taylor. Tiana Taylor, how you stay in shape? I like to dance, and I eat donuts and whatever I want. Okay, so let's just preface this by saying Angela Bassett is filthy fucking rich. <laughs> she is very, she's very rich, bitch. She's very wealthy. She's very rich. And Holly Berry is very rich. And Tiana Taylor is very rich. So their version of drink water and go to sleep or do some stretches or dance till the pounds fall off mm-hmm. looks a little bit different slightly just like when people say i don't have the same 24 hours as beyonce so let's just intervene with that that's just the let's truth. intervene with that and now just i'm gonna let you finish i'm gonna let you finish what you what you say is very true but I, but i think the core of what she's saying is also very true yes because no matter what you do like you can do as much plastic surgery as you want. You can eat all type of purple foods that you want, whatever, you know, the diet is. At the core, when you think about your actual biological makeup, you need water. Yeah. All the cells in your body need water to function correctly. Indeed. And you need rest so that you can restore your body. Indeed. So it doesn't get worn down over time. Indeed. And I feel like that's like we always talk about people like Angela Bassett. Like, oh my God, black don't crack, and you know she like you know she's reversing an age. How she keep looking younger and younger, and it's like, well, to I mean, really to your point, because these people have access, they're mm-hmm. able to get those things that a lot of minority folks don't. Exactly, they're able to set, make sure that they drink enough water in a day. They're able mm-hmm. to get enough hours of sleep in a day. Right, and black do crack. It just crack from the inside. Exactly. I mean, melanin is a true gift. Melanin is a true gift because it really is like covering up all the damn weathering and drama and trauma that we have carrying along with us the burdens that we bring inside of our bodies every single day so black is cracking 
unfortunately, it's not on the surface. Sometimes it's like when people say, I don't look like my struggle. It's like, yeah, that's great. But sometimes I'm like, we need to look a little bit more like our struggle so that we can actually yeah. acknowledge the fact that we actually are struggling. And we might look real good, but shit is shit is, well, is breaking down. I mean, there's always there's so much talk about self-care and so much talk about black liberation and what that looks like and what that means. And the whole point of this episode is to say that a vital component of that is closing your eyes yes. at a reasonable hour of the day yes. and laying down. And taking naps. And also, and also like you said, it's, it's other things as well. It's not even just, just going to sleep. It's making sure that you have a bedtime routine so that yeah. when you go to bed, you get much more restful sleep. Yeah. It's about doing things like meditating so that your your mind is, is able to come down from the high Absolutely. anxiety Absolutely. and stress of all the threats that we face during the day. Absolutely. There's a lot of things that we, we have to take into account if we're really trying to be about Mm self-care and really take care of ourselves like you said you know black don't crack you know the melanin is gonna you're gonna look great on the outside yeah but we have to make sure that our insides right are still together as well so that we can't have the longevity and health and and i think what i've also incorporated which i think has helped me because i don't know where i would be if i hadn't done this stuff but like yoga acupuncture reiki massage as someone with high anxiety and depression like that stuff has been life altering, life saving for me. Cause yeah. I go in there and like the amount of tension that I'm carrying in my shoulders and neck and back after going there just literally two weeks before is really disturbing. And it's just yeah. from all the stuff that I have to do every single day. Like this is not easy work. It's just not easy work, but also doing it while being a black queer radical, like this is not easy work. And it's like, we have to acknowledge that our bodies are telling us things. This is always goes back to me. Like, fainting last year you know fainting and just falling out in the damn bushes and stuff in the snow i could have died i could have hit my head anything could have happened to me and that was like a wake-up call where i was like okay girl like okay girl like you crossed the line clearly this is doing too damn much right but i should not have had to fucking faint like why do we have to wait until we are falling out we are falling well, down, and that's when we're like, okay, I'll take care of myself now. It's, I mean, it's like you said, we are we are taught and raised, and there's a lot of external signals that we're not supposed to stop. Yeah, that the pain and the stress and all the you know the weight that we carry all the yeah. time is normalized. Right, like so and so is doing it too. So and so is doing it too. So why would I think that? That's not a normal thing or that that's not something that's to be expected or that that that's just not how I meant to walk through every single day. Yeah. And then, like you said, then you have an episode where you faint. And you go, oh, wait, 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 hold on. Yeah. Everyone's not fainting every day. And we're not supposed to. Yeah. The faint, people aren't supposed to get to faint. No. You know, like that's not like no. a normal occurrence. And we have to stop. We have to stop putting value and placing this higher standard on pushing our bodies to these extreme limits like there's this, how much can you take yeah there's yeah. this idea that like oh well i worked so hard that my you know my face was hurting and my brain swelled and all that like what are, what like that's no girl like that's bad like we put a lot of emphasis on like look at i worked so hard that i damn near killed myself and it's like oh wow you really are committed to the struggle it's like girl you can't commit to a struggle if you're not physically here. Like, if mm-hmm. you're not physically alive, you can't commit to no struggle. So we, when we talk about self-care, we have to be serious about it and realize that, like, when we sit there and push ourselves and push ourselves and push ourselves, that's not a commitment to struggle. 
That's a commitment to harming ourselves. A commitment to struggle would include would include us taking care of ourselves and those around us and encouraging the struggle to say, listen, we have to be aware of our bodies. We have to be aware of the fact that the world is trying to annihilate us and we cannot be complicit in that. We cannot also participate in that. And this is not to say that people who are protesting or people who are out in the streets who don't have time or access to things that help with self-care, acupuncture, yoga, things like that, that they're not committed to struggle. They absolutely are. But what I'm saying is that I also want us to be rethinking about the ways that we put value on what struggle is and the ways that we put value on who is doing the work. Because I think that people who are doing the work should also be valued when they are getting rest. They shouldn't be seen as not committed just because they want to live. Yeah, you're right. And and it's, it's one of those things where like just living is revolution. Just do just in in the realm of this, you know, very episode, just going to sleep. Yeah. That's resistance. It that is, is resistance. that is fighting against the powers. Right. That be. Yeah. If the powers of be don't want you to sleep, if they don't want you to be healthy, if they don't want you to have restorative moments in your life. Yeah. Then closing your eyes and going to sleep is is an act of revolution. Absolutely, absolutely. And and even though it seems like a small act, what we found is that obviously, if it takes you know fifteen minutes off of your sleep when you're two, and then an hour off in your adulthood, that even adding a little bit here and there can actually change the trajectory of your life down the line. So it might start off small, right? So like thinking about how you change your sleep cycles and what you do to manage it now might start off small, but think about what it might mean in twenty years. Like what that could mean for your ability to kind of sustain yourself into your adult years, who you get to be here for, what you get to be here to see and do, what kind of contributions you can make to the world if you actually are alive and healthy, right? We don't think a lot about, we always think, oh, I want to live until I'm 80 or 90 or whatever, but we don't actually talk about the quality of that life. We don't talk about what it will be like between 65 and 80 or 90. You don't want to be 65 and 80 and 90 or whatever and not have a good quality of life. Just being around, just being alive is not enough, right? Just just breathing is not enough. We should also strive to to thrive. We should be able to say, I want to live a healthy, thriving, high quality life. I want the end of my life to be beautiful. And I don't want to sit here and wither away because the world says so. Thank y'all for listening. Before you go, Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at that BLK couple, on Facebook at that black couple, and look us up on the internet at www.thatblackcouple.com. It just won't stop. Bye.